There's so much about becoming a parent that can bring forward our triggers, that can be overstimulating, that bring in factors that contribute to anger and rage spilling over, like sleep deprivation, like carrying a really heavy mental load. There's so many factors that can contribute to why it's going to be a lot more difficult to regulate these parts of ourselves that have been simmering there for so long. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast. This podcast continues to grow because of you and your reviews. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited to welcome back Dr. Cassidy Freitas. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice in California and host of the Holding Space podcast. And she's a returning guest. She was on my podcast for episode 132 about overstimulation in parenthood and motherhood. And she's back today to talk all about why motherhood makes me feel so irritable. Welcome (laughs) back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me again. And I'm so excited for us to dive into this topic, which feels so connected to me personally in so many ways to our other conversation and episode. So folks should definitely go and tune in there if what we talk about today resonates. Absolutely. And I think they're very interconnected, right? The irritability, overstimulation. When you're overstimulated, you're going to feel irritable. When you're irritable, you're going to feel overstimulated. Like it all goes hand in hand. So I think these episodes pair so well together, but they're great on their own too, right? I mean, the conversation we had about overstimulation was just so helpful on tips to kind of in the moment when you're feeling overstimulated and also just the work we have to do to hopefully reduce those moments of overstimulation. So thanks again for returning. So tell me more about yourself in case people have not listened to that episode, you know, what you do, why you do it, why you're here with us today and why this topic is so important to you. Yes. Thank you. So yes, I'm Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have a private practice in California. It's a virtual practice. So I can see anyone who lives in California and I reside in San Diego, born and raised. And I have three kiddos, 11, eight, and two. I feel like I'm doing the splits between toddler land and my tween, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the things she's navigating. And then my middle child's my deeply feeling child and just, you know, all the things. Um, And also got a senior dog and a puppy. Like we are just like living the overstimulated, beautiful life, (laughs) all the things. Um, I also host um, two podcasts. Actually, I have the podcast holding space for parents. And then I also have a podcast just for therapists. So holding space for therapists where I just really talk to therapists about this like modern world of navigating being an entrepreneur and Mm. business owner and mom. Um, So we talk about all the things over there. And I share a lot of stuff on Instagram over at Dr. Cassidy. I feel like I see my job on Instagram as like, you know, there's so much information over there. And I just want to kind of build the connections with folks who are opening the app And I just want to talk to them specifically about the real messy stuff that happens behind closed doors so that they feel a little bit less alone. And then maybe to build that bridge to getting off the app, to tuning into a podcast like yours, or, you know, reaching out to a therapist or to someone in their life to get more support. Because I just think that we all could use more of that. And a lot of times these things need a deeper dive. 
on Instagram. I also love to share TikTok Fridays. It's kind of what I've become like known for over yeah, there, which has been so fun. Every Friday, I share a collection of TikToks that really speak to millennial parents about all the things because shared laughter is my love language. I love to infuse humor where I can because yeah, irritability, when I can infuse some humor in, like it can really help because irritability oftentimes can be the emotion that takes the driver's seat when it comes to parenting. And we'll, I know we'll dive more deeply into why that is today. Well, I love the TikTok Fridays. <laughs> I really do. I just think, and also the ones you select are obviously very funny. So it's nice to know that on Fridays, it's going to be humor and more humor. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is the best medicine. I mean, speaking as a clinician, we know that humor is actually truly the best medicine in terms of positivity, mindset, all of that, that mm-hmm. really does play a huge factor in our lives. And as someone who also does a lot of parenting education, humor is important for levity, right? When your children are Mm. upset, when you're upset, it can really help lighten the mood a little bit so that you can have that shared laughter to get through hard times, to get through hard days, hard emotions, and see the light that's at the end of the tunnel, that it's not always going to be sadness or, or Mm -hmm. anger or tantrums. And, you know, you being in a toddler phase as well with your youngest. So again, thank you so much. And we are talking a lot about irritability and we can even throw anger, rage into that as well, you know, just kind of just being on edge, if you will. So what is it about motherhood? Why do we become this way that we just feel so irritable and describe what irritability can look like in motherhood? Yeah. So I did not identify as someone who was really irritable or would rage or would yell or cuss or scream. I mean, sure. Like when I was a teen, oh yeah, for sure. Um, that was worth some stormy years, but like as a, as an adult, before I became a parent, like that's just not something I really connected with as part of who I was. And then I became a parent and I found myself feeling really irritable and even experiencing postpartum rage and parental rage, you know, even as I got out of the postpartum period. And it was really something I felt ashamed of. I felt like must be something deeply wrong with me because I always wanted to be a mom. And why all of a sudden now do I find myself feeling more irritable and yelling at my kids and my partner and my dog. All of a sudden, my dog was like super annoying to me. And I was crying and so sad before I had my first because I was like, my dog will no longer be my baby. <laughs> it's like, you Aww, know, yeah. um, gosh, it's just so, it, it, I was like so annoyed at my furry child, my furry, my fur baby. And what's so interesting is that a lot of times when I was assessed postpartum in particular for depression, nobody really was asking me about irritability. And that is absolutely can be a symptom of postpartum depression or depression in general. And it can be a symptom of anxiety. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a bit, but I just want to first talk about anger. Okay. Anger is a human emotion that we are all wired for. Like I said that I didn't really identify as being an angry person or someone who would rage, but that was for sure something I was still wired for. I had just learned to kind of shut down those parts of myself, to kind of hold those parts of myself back because of all of the discourses and messages that uh, we just absorb in our day-to-day life about what it means to be a woman for me in particular, as someone who identifies as a woman, like, you know, I, there's definitely things I learned as a child that when I 
raged, you know, as a child or tantrumed or had meltdowns that it would, you know, maybe push people around me away. And as as little ones, we're looking to see what brings people towards me. And so, you know, for so many reasons, we might learn to shut down those parts of ourselves or have ways that we kind of numb or distract ourselves from those feelings that can be so overwhelming or can feel so shameful. But then when you become a parent, the things that we may have done before, like we may not have access to all the space and margins to really regulate our nervous system or to regulate those feelings or to control that anger. Mm-hmm. And connected back to our past episode, there's so much about becoming a parent that can bring forward our triggers, that can be overstimulating, that bring in factors that contribute to anger and rage spilling over, like sleep deprivation, like carrying a really heavy mental load. There's so many factors that can contribute to why it's going to be a lot more difficult to regulate these parts of ourselves that have been simmering there for so long. So what is anger? At its core, anger is an emotion we're all wired for. It's there to let us know when to give us data about the world around us, when we may have experienced something where we feel like our rights have been violated, or we have maybe witnessed the violation of some rights. Mm -hmm. When anger pops up, and offers us the data information that this is happening, that can be super useful, right? Like if I'm in a relationship where I'm experiencing a violation, anger can pop up and be like, hey, this feels like a violation. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. Anger can give us the oomph to say no, to set a boundary. Um, if we are in a threatening situation to give us, it can turn on this whole system in our body that can give us the energy um, and the focus to fight or flee, right? Like anger can be super useful in particular situations. Now, when anger shows up in its secondary role, which can oftentimes happen as well, this isn't always necessarily so helpful, right? So what does that look like? So let's say that what's happening is you are actually feeling overwhelmed or hurt. Now, those are really vulnerable feelings. Sometimes anger can show up in its protector role. And sometimes this can be actually really important because maybe this situation isn't safe for you to express your hurt. Like an anger can still give you the oomph to set that boundary. Other things could be happening there, but a lot of times what happens is I might feel overwhelmed at home with my kids. I might feel hurt or unheard by my partner. And instead of identifying that and identifying that I need support or communicating those things, anger jumps in as a protector emotion, jumps in the driver's seat. And instead of addressing the overwhelm or the hurt, now I'm just, anger's coming in and almost saying like, get away from me, right? Mm -hmm. Or pushing people away almost as a way to like force space so that you don't see or come close to this part of me that feels so overwhelmed or vulnerable. And it can be really effective, right? Like if I start raging, it could make my child freeze. It could make my partner freeze. It can make everything stop, right? But then what can that lead to? 
then shame, guilt creeps in and whispers, what's wrong with you? Like, what kind of parent does this? And oh, you better keep those parts of yourself hidden. And then what happens? We keep those parts of ourselves hidden, protected. We don't ask for help. We don't ask for support. And the cycle continues. And so this can be a really, really sticky rage, shame cycle that I know so many can relate to. And how we can begin to disrupt this cycle is actually by connecting in with our anger and getting to know these parts of ourselves, relating to this part of ourselves in a new way, because anger isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't actually don't want it to. We all need anger as human beings to offer us data about the world around us. I want to stay in the driver's seat and I want to relate to it in a way where it's no longer overpowering me or jumping in where it's not so helpful. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because like you said, you want to normalize that we all have these feelings. Anger is part of a very healthy, normal feeling, even anxiety, right? We know that some level of anxiety protects us from threats. And so all of these things together, anxiety, anger, things that are quote unquote, negative emotions are actually protective in many ways. It's just that when it starts to snowball and consumes you or starts to affect your relationship with yourself, relationship with your child, relationship with others, that irritability component, you know, that irritability, uh, how I describe it when I'm feeling irritable is I just feel very sensitive to everything and just almost like a shorter fuse. And for different people Mm -hmm. that may look different, like for people who are more prone to yelling, they may more likely yell for people who are more prone to just crying. They may cry more, you know, that's kind of how I describe it, but how would you describe then like what irritability looks like in your day to day? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can definitely be a symptom of anxiety as you Mm -hmm. kind of described. So like I really look at it as like a signal, like it's a signal to your body that like there's something that you're feeling and feelings can offer data about what's happening around you. And it's signaling that there's something that you need, right? There's some unmet needs. And so it can look like anxiety, right? It can look like, you know, just kind of feeling like you're having a lot of ruminating thoughts and feeling like you want to crawl out of your skin. It can look like pacing. It can look like trying to control the environment around you. And you do that, do that, do that until you can't anymore, until your anxiety basically communicates to you, hey, this feels like a threat. And so anxiety is, again, that emotion that pops in is like, hey, these are all the things that could potentially happen. Here are all the potential threats. And one of the responses to that anxiety trigger of fight, flight, freeze, fawn is fight. And so one of those ways that we might respond to these anxiety triggers and to this threat is with anger, irritability. And again, it's going to show up like snapping, yelling, I see rage as like anger amplified or irritability amplified. And so that's going to look like maybe slamming doors, cussing, pounding your fist on the kitchen counter. And what your anger is trying to do in that moment is to protect you. And so what we have to do in those moments is to create space between the trigger and that automatic reactive irritable anger response to create a little bit of space to pause and to let our body know that we are safe. If we are in fact safe, right? Mm -hmm. That like, this is my child is not a threat. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. And one of the ways in which we can create that space and that pause is through in the moment, 
taking a breath. <laughs> like um, I described this in the other episode, if you want to kind of tune into that one to get like a more in-depth example of what that looks like, but I take a breath. <sighs> I'm safe. I'm safe. Okay. What is my anger indicating to me in this moment that I need? And maybe in that moment, like there's just a lot going on. I might not have a lot of space to figure that out, but even just that acknowledgement that my anger matters, right? That message, that part of me that's communicating to me that I need something, that it matters. Even I just be like, okay, I think I need something here because like I was about to lose it or gosh, I just lost it. I think anger is communicating to me. This part of me is sending me the message that I need something here. And now in that moment, maybe that pause just allows me to kind of recalibrate a little bit and I can just, you know, respond to whatever I need to in that moment. And then out of the moment, I need to figure out what got me there, right? What is anger communicating to me that is happening around me that maybe does feel like a violation? Like maybe I don't feel like I'm getting support, right? Like what is it communicating to me that I need? Maybe I need some more boundary space or alone time. Maybe I need someone to come in and help me. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? 
Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Ingra is really great at telling us when we need certain boundaries, whether it's with like an employer at work, with our partner, with family members, right? We need more boundaries as parents with our children, right? Because we feel so overwhelmed by certain situations that are happening with them. And so Ingra can be a beautiful communicator of boundaries that we need in our life. And I think it's really helpful to kind of connect with this part of ourself in this way, because it really can kind of break that cycle of shame that oftentimes comes with anger. It's not that there's something wrong with me, deeply wrong with me that I acted this way. It's that there's something I really need here that isn't being met. And thank you, anger, for letting me know that I need this. I'm going to stay in the driver's seat though, because when you jump in the driver's seat, you actually steer me further away from these things that I really value as a partner and as a parent. But thank you for letting me know that I need X, Y, and Z. I'm, I'm going to start taking these steps towards getting that met. I love how you phrase that because again, if you resist, it persists, right? So if you can start to just accept it, that this is a normal human feeling rather than pushing it away or feeling guilty, then it can really help in coping skills for that anger, for that irritability. Mm-hmm. You know, the example I like to talk about with irritability and just how it can affect just our life is you'll be in traffic. Some days you'll be in traffic. Someone could be in traffic and be happily bumping along to the music. Everything's great. And then another moment you could be upset being in traffic, right? You're in the same situation, traffic, but yet your circumstances for the day, right? Like you made the example of the unmet needs. Maybe one day, the day that you're more short fused or more irritable in traffic is the day that you had a longer day at work. Your child had more meltdowns in the morning, getting out the door. You and your partner got into an argument. You had to do a lot of errands. Like there's so many things that come before the moment of irritability, right? It's like, it builds up. It's like a cup being filled up and it can overflow. So like you said, also in our overstimulation episode about just creating that space. And I love how you phrase that, right? The creating more boundaries and really looking at the unmet need, because there is usually, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. The moments that I have felt more irritable or angry, or just felt more, you know, that feeling that I'm not, this is not who I want to be or who I like to be in this very irritable moment are those moments where I've maybe spread myself too thin, or there was a lot going on, or I'm just tired. Like you said, the lack of sleep. So all of that is a big picture that I think so many people have to do some self insight and self-work to kind of understand, you know, what is it that we really need more of and less of, um, if we're Mm. finding ourselves to be irritable, is there anything else that you would add to be able to find that more peace and less irritability or things not to do when you're feeling irritable, if you will? Mm. I want to add something here about how we can relate to our anger in a new way. Cause I really just think this is so pivotal in us, you know, decreasing our, you know, rage spirals and irritability. Like if we want to 
decrease it, I think we first got to meet it and we need to find a way to relate to it in a way that is compassionate. And these parts of ourselves need to be heard. If they don't feel heard, it's just going to keep sending the signals that like this thing is a problem. Like this thing is happening. Right. So I want to meet this part of you, right? Like take a moment to like, imagine your anger. Like if you were to actually like pull it out of you and sit it across from you, like, what does this part of you look like? How old is this part of you? Like, how do you feel in its presence? And I'd want to like, kind of get down actually like below eye level to this part, because this is a strategy with kids too. Like it's going to feel less threatening if you kind of Mm -hmm. go below eye level and meet this part of you and be like, Hey, what's going on? And maybe this part of you is going to show that there's this whole story behind like why it's so upset. Or maybe there's a part of you that it's hiding and protecting, you know, underneath that or behind it. And you know what I'd also want to say to this part of you, and I'm pulling this actually from something my colleague, Dr. Becky Kennedy said once about kids, when kids are having tantrums or meltdowns, like one of the ways that she framed it, which I think is so such a beautiful interpretation is like how cool that your child still has needs and feels like it's safe enough to express those needs. Cause I think so many of us over the years have learned to just shut down Mm -hmm. these parts of ourselves and these needs because it would push people away. How cool that your child still has all these needs and is feel safe enough to express them. And you know what I would say to your anger part? I'd say the same thing. I'm so glad that you're still in here letting me know that I have these needs. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for the ways that I've treated you in the past. You know, I, I think there's been plenty of times where I have hidden you away or tried to shut you down or tried to like numb so that I didn't have to notice that you were there. And I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I see that you're here. You're coming along for the ride. Thank you for letting me know that these are things that I need. And I'm going to be the sturdy leader in the front seat. And I'm going to take care of this. Thank you for letting me know. But I'm going to have some rules here, some boundaries. I'm not going to let you jump in the driver's seat. I'm not going to let you crank up the angry music in moments where it's not helpful. I, I'm going to spend time in getting to know the message that you're trying to offer. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to listen. I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep us safe here. I'm going to stay in the driver's seat. And I just think that is almost a way for me to like say, screw the toxic messages that society has sent me as a woman about what it means to experience and express anger. It's me saying, I know all of that is out there. And that is why you've shut yourself down to the point where it bubbles over and you'd feel like you have no control. I get it. And I see those things. And I am saying, screw that. I'm bringing you along for the ride. I'm going to listen to what you're expressing to me that I need. And and I'm going to take care of us. Oh, I love this, Cassidy. This is so great. And like I said, our other episode about overstimulation just pairs so well with all of this. And the way you speak about anger embodied, I love it. You know, it's Mm. almost like a part of us. So it's, you can speak to it and embrace it so that it doesn't become something that you are ashamed of. It's such a beautiful way to put it. And I'm just so grateful for all of the information you put out here on the podcast today, but also all the work that you're doing with your clients in real life and also your social media and your two podcasts. So where can everyone find you if they want to learn more? And again, I just feel even just by talking to you, I feel more at peace and I'm sure my listeners also can feel more (laughs) at peace with that part of them that they may have been pushing away and feeling ashamed for. So I would love for people to be able to connect with you and learn more about all that you have to offer. 
Thank you. So yeah, come hang out with me on Instagram. Let's hang out on Fridays. Yes, and TikTok this is Fridays. like TikTok Friday. This is like a ritual. My husband and I, every Friday, I was saving these TikToks anyway, because we watch them together on Fridays after the kids go to bed. It's just like a connecting ritual for both of us. And now you can do that too with your partner or with anyone that you love, or you can just hang out with me on Fridays. We can laugh together. And then throughout the rest of the week, I'll be sharing other other stuff that related to mental health and partner relationships and identity, all the things. If you are based in California, we can potentially work together or I could connect you with someone in my group practice that takes a very similar approach. And you can learn more about my private practice at www.drcassidymft.com and we can have deeper dives outside of Instagram, you know, on the podcast, holding space. And I'm just so grateful to have connected with you and with your listener today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And if you love this episode, which I can't imagine you didn't because it is just honestly so refreshing to speak to people like Dr. Cassidy, I want you to leave a review and a rating and call her out on the review. Say how much you loved this episode and why it resonated with you. I would love to have you back on the podcast. We've already done two episodes, but I'm sure there's way more that we can unpack together. So thank you again for joining us and for everyone who tuned in today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd love to connect with your listeners on Instagram or elsewhere. And yeah, have me back on. I would love to talk to you about anything and all the things. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review, share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.